This week on the NBA edition of Lighting Money on Fire, Jimmy Butler and the Minnesota Timberwolves look bad. The Raptors look good. And the Lakers, well, they've got to look all their own. We're going to get into it, plus a best bet or two and a fix from Grant right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant and Jonathan. What do, what do the what do the Lakers look like? You know they got they got their look. They got a style all their own. It's like Mary Tyler Moore for those of you really old people. Yeah, <laughs> that show was on like in the seventies or something. Something like it was that. A long time ago. She throws her hat up in the air. Isn't that of, great? Joy. What what a what an expression of freedom. <laughs> Absolutely. I miss those days. I know you do. I was negative ten. All right, so. We got to talk about last week's bets. Yeah. I don't really want to, but... Let's do it. But that's part, Get of, the them sh- over. That's part of the show. Pull the bandit off, man. All right. So we made two bets, and um, neither of them... It sucks. ...were good. Uh, we lost because Derrick Rose scored 50 points, which is something we should it, probably talk it about. Was, it was amazing. So Jimmy Butler announced he's not going to play after we've made the bet. The line goes from two and a half to six and a half. So we had bet Minnesota plus two and a half. No, or no, Utah plus two and a half. Utah minus, minus two, and two and a half. In Minnesota. Utah suddenly was a six and a half point favorite, but Derrick Rose went crazy. Derrick Rose scored his career high. 50 points. How did he score his career high? There was a year where he was the MVP. Now, like 15 of the teams in the league would not accept it if he said, sign me for a min contract. I think before that game, I think more than 15. Yeah. Like, I think the Timberwolves may have been one of like the four teams in the league who were still willing to sign. That him. feels pretty unlucky. I mean, yeah. doesn't it? It feels pretty darn unlucky. But we lost. We lost. Nonetheless. We were uh, we were winning that one. We were covering that one in the fourth quarter, but we lost. They, the Jazz were up by eight in the fourth quarter, but we so, lost. So quick question about that. Yeah. How the fuck did Derrick Rose score 50 points? What happened? You have to shoot a lot. He's terrible, right? You have to shoot a lot. <laughs> is Is he not terrible? I don't know, man. I mean, do you want me to answer that? Do you want me to actually have an answer? I asked you, I asked you a question. So that means you do want an answer? I'm just trying to track yeah, what's usually, going on here. Usually that means I want an I don't know what you want from me, bro. I would like a non-rhetorical answer to my non-rhetorical question. Whoa. Okay, that's a little intense. You're in my face, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Derek Rose, let's look at the stats, shall we? Okay. Here we go. So this year, he's only played 10 games. He's shooting 44% from the field. from three. Fine. He's uh, not taking that many threes. Three a game. I guess that's fine. He's hitting his free throws. 4.6 assists, 3.5 rebounds, you know, 17 and a half points. Including that 50-point game. Yeah, I mean, most of it's that 50-point game, but wow. So more like like 13 points, though. 12, yeah, Yeah. something like that. Um, 11, even. Um, I mean, he's not good, but maybe he's not absolutely trash. Maybe that's what we can say about him. He's not complete... Like, set it on fire and forget about it. Trash. Okay. It's well, like, set it on fire and remember that you did it. Kind of trash. He ruined our saying. shit, man. Yep. Cost us. We lost 100 bucks instead of winning 100 bucks. It, it sucks. And then, I'm now uh, getting a little bitter about all the losing. Yeah. yeah Too much start, losing. starting to weigh on us. Have we won any NBA bets? I think we've won one. I don't even remember. We, we're sure. like, in the fourth quarter, we're always winning. We're always covering. And we always lose the bet. That's what, I, that's what happens. It's super annoying. The other bet we made, I shouldn't have been such a fool and bet against Chicago. Yeah. Because we, we took the Nuggets uh, minus seven and a half at Chicago, and they only won by one. Wasn't it the Lakers we took? No. It was the Nuggets, wasn't it? No, it was the Lakers. 
Oh, I thought we the took Lakers. the Nuggets bet. No. We would have lost either. Yep, we lost the Lakers bet. We All took, of our we bets. Talk, we talked about the Lakers. It was the okay. Lakers. Um, Lakers also covering the fourth quarter. Now, look, covering the fourth quarter in an NBA game is not as big a deal as, like, in a football game, of course. Right. There's a lot of lead changes. There's a lot of, like, 7-0 runs and stuff. But I'm saying, like, we were right there. We could have... These are, like, coin flip games at worst when you're covering the fourth quarter and you lose. Like, it's, like, 50-50. It feels like we're losing all of them. And I'm sad about it. Yeah. I'm bitter and I'm sad. I hate... All of the podcast listeners. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. It's not your fault. It's only a little bit your fault. Yeah, I kind of blame you guys a little. How about sending us your best bets? Maybe we need to do what you guys are doing. <laughs> don't do what we're doing. Hold I mean, don't, obviously don't do bets. it. Yeah, obviously don't do what we're doing. It's no. called lighting money on yeah, fire. Yeah, it's called lighting money on fire. We're Let's be clear. We're not really good NBA betters. Nope. We're at least mediocre NFL betters. Not really. I wouldn't call myself in any way a good NBA better. Correct. But we're going to make some picks today. Yeah. And maybe we'll turn it around. We're going to light some more money on fire. That's what we do. Yeah. That's part of the fun. I mean, it doesn't feel fun when you lose, though, and it's real money because it is actual money, but whatever. All right. Let's, let's talk NBA. All right. Let's talk NBA. You got anything or you want me to start? Why don't you start? Well, we were talking about Jimmy Butler. I feel like we have to talk about Jimmy Butler. So in that game, actually, the Jazz game, he just sort of announced he wasn't playing because of, and I quote, general soreness. Bullshit. So it seems like he's trying to make a stand a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit of a nonviolent protest. He then did play in Friday night's game against the Lakers, but then he missed another game, I think, on Sunday, and now he's basically saying he's going to sort of sometimes play for a little next while because of health stuff. And it's unclear whether he's just sort of doing that. If this is sort of in protest or not, it looks like it feels like a protest though. Cause the, the wolves aren't saying he's injured. This is like a much more intense version of the Kawhi situation last year where it was always kind of mm. like, is he actually hurt or is he just not wanting to play? I mean, Jimmy's at least playing sometimes for them. Yeah. Kawhi never showed up. True. Basically. But this, this is a much more intense situation in general. Cause Kawhi was kind of just quiet about it. And Jimmy Butler yeah. is making big waves. Kawhi. I don't think was actually trying to force a trade as much as he was trying to force a supermax deal. Yeah. And Butler, I think, wanted the Supermax also, but um, realized he wasn't going to get it, and now is just absolutely trying to force a trade. So I think Kawhi held out hope he was going to get it. How much longer can this go on? Multiple questions. How much longer can it go on? And does it hurt the Timberwolves to have Jimmy Butler, actually? Is it bad for them? I think it is bad for them. They're currently 4-7. and They're getting outscored by 7.1 points per game. It's only 10 games, but still, they've lost some bad games for sure. Uh Somehow they beat the frickin' Jazz that time. I don't understand how without Jimmy Butler, but it's not helping. It, it feels like when, when Jimmy Butler's on the floor, Carl Anthony Towns basically just goes in a corner and cries to Well, there himself. was one game where they both had monster games. Correct. Was that against the Lakers? Is that the game against the Lakers? Uh, I don't know. Because like, Jimmy Butler had like 36 points and, and some other stats, and Towns had like a big double-double. But Towns, it seems often is like when, when Butler's playing, he's taking like eight shots a game and 10 shots instead of like he should be shooting 20 times. Now, this was a problem last year, too, where he, like, both Butler and Wiggins took significantly more shots than, than Towns did last year, which is insane because Towns is by far the best offensive player on that team. Butler's at least a reasonable offensive player. He's reasonable. Towns is an elite offensive yeah. player, though, right? I mean, he's one of the great matchup I mean, problems. Butler's more in the than reasonable, let's be fair. He's a, he's a good offensive player. Cool. I mean, on a scale of one to 10, 10 is who's the best offensive player of all time? Steph Curry. Great. Tennis Steph Curry, and one is your mom. Where does, where does he fall? My mom gets a where, one. Where does Jimmy Butler fall? No, no, ten. No, one is you know a ba- Jared Bayless. Where does he fall? Marcus Smart. Probably a seven, seven and a half. Great. Where's Where's Carl Anthony Towns? Eight, eight and a half. Come on, he's like a nine and a half. He's way better offensively than Jimmy Butler. Yeah, maybe. Way, way, way better. He's not good defensively. The thing he brings to the table is he's an unstoppable offensive force and rebounds. Yeah, that's his thing. And he's young and could get better. 
Remember, it wasn't long ago we were talking about him and Anthony Davis in the same sentence. Oh, absolutely. Like, we weren't clear who was better. Obviously, now we are I clear. do think you're underestimating Jimmy Butler's offensive ability. Okay. I mean, I probably am slightly, but I think you're deeply undervaluing Towns' offensive ability, too. Maybe. So I think I'm doing it in reaction to what you're doing. It's, it's a reaction. You're being a dick, basically. It's, it's basically, I'm just a contrarian son of a bitch. I think this is hurting the, the T-Wolves, though, which is your question. Right. So a couple questions beyond that. Mm. Is this a systemic issue that does not end with Jimmy Butler? Does it start at the top with Tommy Tibbs? Is he the real problem here? Well, I think a lot of people would argue Glenn Taylor, the owner, is the real problem. Okay. Uh, he's been around forever, and they've never been good. Um, I think Miss Minnesota has a real problem, which is when they get big stars, they, this is going to be the fourth time a big star will force his way out of the city, which is insane. Yeah. Here they are. Stefan Marbury. Oh, I forgot he did it. Yeah, he did it. Kevin then Garnett. Kevin Garnett did it. Then Kevin Love did it, and now here we are. Number four, Jimmy Butler. LeBron kind of forced Kevin Love out of Minnesota more than Kevin Love forced Kevin Love out of Minnesota. Kevin Love wanted to leave, and then, I mean, and LeBron gave him a good place to go to, like, you know, yeah. but, like, I mean, and Cleveland had the number one overall pick to trade, which was great for them to be able to get Kevin Love, but there's no way Minnesota was trading Love if they thought he was going to stay, you know? He'd been, he's, he made it clear he wanted to go, and that's why, he, that's why he left, and he was upset because originally they didn't offer him, like, a five-year max. They offered him a four-year max, which, like, so at the end of that, he wanted out, Um well, ultimately, okay, whether or not the owner is a problem, yeah. historically they have this problem, is Tibbs a problem? Yes. Is Tibbs just an antiquated relic of the past? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Also, he's like the only GM slash coach in the league, and it's clearly not working. It doesn't ever seem to work, right? Stan Van Gundy. That sure didn't work, work there. I don't know. I can't think of a time when it's worked ever that I can think of. It was... Uh, was that Phil Jackson's role with the Lakers? When was he also the GM? No, no, he wasn't. Mitch okay. Kuch, Mitch Kupchak was the GM. Phil was absolutely only the coach. Okay. Um, so yeah, the Knicks job was his only GMing job ever, and he wasn't any good at that. No, he was not. Right. Uh, no, this is not something that anyone's ever pulled off that I can think of. Anyway, like in the history of the league, I don't think anyone's going to get these jobs anymore. I think the league's finally wised up enough to not do this anymore. Do you think? Well, Brett Brown is doing it right now, right? Um, I don't think he's still doing it. I think he just ran the draft, basically. Okay. Um, he has a lot more power. Have they? Oh, no, because they hired Elton Brand. So oh, right. Elton Brand Elton is Brand. now their guy. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't, like, actually coaching while he was GMing. He was coaching, and then there was, no time, there was nothing to coach, and then he was GMing a little bit, only because of the weird Brian Colangelo situation. Right. Doc Rivers did it um, for a while, and he's still doing it, I guess, in, the, in L.A. I thought they the took those duties away from him. Did, oh, they, they finally take yeah, it away, right, because he was horrible at yeah. it. Yeah. Because he's, why would he be the GM, right? Right. Again, they didn't know what to do, right? It was a weird spot. Donald Sterling had just been banned from the league for life, and yep. they had a draft coming up, so they let Doc run it. That's, that's reasonable, but then why Steve Ballmer let Doc continue to have power? I guess he just didn't want to make waves, but it was a bad move. Do you think removing the GM powers from Tibbs would be enough, or does he have to be entirely removed? I think it's if you could have him be your coach, and it's fine. I think he is a bit antiquated. He plays guys too many minutes. He's runs offensive sets and, or lets his players basically dictate to the degree where Wiggins is taking a million shots. More shot he, when Wiggins is taking more shots than Towns, something is really deeply broken. That feels like bad coaching. That yeah. has to be bad coaching, right? Right. It has to be because that should never happen, no matter what. Right. And that's what's happening. So and that's what happened last year. That's what's happening this year. That's crazy. So and it and last year Towns wasn't pouting. He's sort of pouting this year. So it's a little bit on him. But this was happening last year too, all season, including in the playoffs. Yep, it's insane. 
So, but I think you can live with Tibbs as your coach. He's at least a good defensive coach. You know, he knows how to do all the stuff that isn't that with all the stuff we don't see. Yeah. You know, like run practices and all that kind of stuff. He does that pretty well. Jimmy Butler loves him. Right. I think Jimmy Butler really does love him. Um, but I wouldn't want him as my coach, to be clear. No. no. I mean, but I but I think he's an NBA coach. I think he's probably one of the thirty best, you know, guys to coach right now in the league who are available to do it anyway. That's hard to say, you know, you don't know about the unknown talent. Like Sean McVay is an example Fair of enough. NFL comes out of nowhere and is like maybe the best coach in the league. I'm sure we could find 30 guys who are better than he is. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think NBA owners could find those guys right, right now. So like of the guys who they're picking from, he's a fine guy to pick because who are they really picking? They're picking a few unknown guys, a few guys from college and like Stan Van Gundy, you know, yeah. like those are the guys they are going to pick Scotty Brooks, him. They're going to do the retreads and he's going to be a retread. Scott Brooks isn't going to get another job after he gets fired. I mean, I hope not. I don't know how he got this one. He's well, I know how he got this one because they were trying to lure Durant. Right. That's why. Then they got stuck with Scott Brooks and no Durant. How'd that work out? They're like the worst team in the league. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So a couple more things about Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Let's keep the train rolling. Okay. I think I know the answer to this one, but what is your opinion? Is this actually about the stuff Jimmy Butler said where he doesn't like the teammates or is it just trying to get to a bigger market? I don't think it's either one. You don't. I think uh, what's really going on is, and he sort of talked about this when Rachel Nichols interviewed him, that he was upset that they didn't offer him the Supermax. The biggest, or the, I don't know if they could actually offer him the Super, but the, the, big, the most amount of money they could possibly offer him, they didn't. Right. And he wanted that. And so when they didn't do that, he felt like he wanted to leave. Because he felt disrespected? Yes. And so, because it's clearly not about winning, right? He said he wants to go to Brooklyn and the Knicks and the Clippers. Those are the three teams he mentioned. That's definitely not about winning. Um, it could be about, like you're saying, bigger cities, but he would have been happy in Minnesota, apparently, if they just offered him enough money. So I think it's just a money thing, and then maybe how he translates that into respect for himself. Okay. He does know the Knicks will pay him everything. Those three franchises will all throw all the money in the world at him, right? Yeah. I think he picked those pretty carefully. Yeah. In Miami, right. if Miami were to trade for him, which they've been in talking about doing all season... I believe Miami would also, Pat Riley would just give him anything he wanted, right? Yeah. It's like Pat Riley's a little desperate here. The team's only pretty good. Mm-hmm. Adding Jimmy Butler's worth it, even if it, four years from now it's going to kind of suck contract-wise. All right. So over under trade deadline, Jimmy Butler leaves the Wolves. Oh, way under. All right. What's the, what's the line? What, what's the date? What's the date today? Yeah. It's the 7th? This is, we're recording this on November 6th. Okay. This is being released on November 7th. He's going to be traded before Thanksgiving. You think so? Yeah. That's okay. like the 25th or the 26th. Before, the, before December 1st, he's going to be on another team. It's the 22nd, actually. It's an early Thanksgiving. Well, he's still going to be traded. I don't understand then. Thanksgiving anymore. I thought it was supposed to, in America, yeah. always be the last Thursday of November. It's never been the last Thursday of November. Really? I think that's your problem. Really? Are yeah. you sure about that? I'm it's not sure never, about anything. It's never been the last I'm Thursday. I'm not sure about anything at all, but it's never been the last Thursday. I think it's the third Thursday. Really? Yeah. Huh, I always thought it was the last one. Maybe it's the fourth, because this one, it can't be the third if it's the 22nd. Oh, That's maybe it's the, the fourth. fourth. It's the fourth Thursday. That's what it is. So sometimes it's the last Thursday, sometimes it isn't. Usually it's the last Thursday. It's often going to be the last Thursday. But never the last Thursday. <laughs> never, not once, ever, never. <laughs> yeah. It's probably like 80% of the time it's the last Thursday. I mean, it's not hard to figure out, right? There's I don't want two days. To. I don't want two days. It's two I out of seven. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like Five it. out of seven times, it's the last Thursday. So do you think the Rockets are the favorites to land Jimmy Butler because they have the most real offer on the table? No. No, no, I don't. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to come to an agreement about protections on those picks. The Wolves are going to demand that those picks are essentially unprotected. The, the Rockets are going to tell them to fuck off. They're never going to be able to find a reasonable middle ground, in my opinion. 
Um, if the Rockets get desperate enough and lift almost all the protections on these picks, then yes, I think that deal will happen. Otherwise, I think ultimately Miami will end up trading for him. All right. Because I don't know who else is supposed to. I don't know who else is going to get him at this point. It's got to be a team that thinks it'll put them in the contention in their conference, right? I mean, does it, if you add Jimmy Butler to Miami and they lose, I don't know, Josh Richardson and some yeah, that's, Blossom and Jetson. That's, what I'm, that's why I'm questioning that. It like, doesn't really, it doesn't do that. But what it does is it keeps them pretty good. Like it, it gets them between like 46 and 52 wins for the next three or four years, right? They trade for Jimmy Butler. Who cares though? Well, you know, if you're selling a product, you're ultimately an entertainment product. I guess product. in Miami, it matters the most. Those have, they have like historically the most fickle fans they who do. just don't support the team when it's bad. I, I don't know if you remember this. When LeBron first went there, they had such issues with people arriving late and not staying and not cheering at the right times. They actually sent out an email and a poster is called Fan Up instead of Man Up, uh-huh. explaining how to be good fans at NBA games because Heat fans literally did not know how to do it. Hmm. So there you go. That would be kind of rough as a player to have like the fans not give a shit. Yeah. Well, they taught them how to be better and then they got better. Yeah. I mean, they learned like, you know, train seals what to do, when to clap. Nice job. <laughs> Ouch. Anyway. All right. So that's Jimmy Butler. Anything else about Jimmy Butler you want to say? Nah. I feel good. When do you think he's going to be traded by? I don't know. I think it, it could happen any day. It just feels like it's getting close. So what do you think he'll, like, over or under? Give me your date. I think a I good line that would be difficult to pick the over the under yeah. is, as of today, November 6th, is, like, November 18th. Okay. that's So we're pretty close. Well, you would take the under on 18th or what? I think it's super close. I'd probably take the over, but I think it's super close. Yeah. I was originally going to say the 20th, and I decided to give myself an extra few days. I was going to two weeks is what I was thinking, but I gave myself an extra few days. To Thanksgiving. Maybe he'll be traded by the time this podcast is released, you know? That's possible. I mean, it's totally possible. And how exciting would that be? I, I mean, would, if he's on the Rockets, that's pretty interesting. I always enjoy a blockbuster trade. It's always fun. Everyone likes blockbuster trades. Except man. when Durant went to the Warriors, which wasn't a trade, but free that, agency. That wasn't like, a trade. No, but it, it was a blockbuster move. I mean, whatever. That I, sucked. I didn't enjoy that one. Yeah, no one liked that except Durant Warriors, heads. Warriors fans. Yeah, of course, Warriors fans. Yeah. Because they lost to Cleveland. Oh, so they have to get the second best player in the league. Meh, meh. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you Take guys. that, you Silicon Valley assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go Tur- Turn this podcast off. Go go destroy some people's privacy or something. But those okay. of you that work at Apple, don't don't work to like remove our podcast from the App Store or whatever. The Why podcast. are you putting these ideas in their heads, man? Oh, Move on. All right. Next topic. Shall I continue? Please. Okay. The Toronto Raptors are looking rapturous. Wow, that was incredible. How did you do that? I just came up with that right on the fly, bro. They are 10 and 1, Grant. That's a good record. They are outscoring their opposition by nine and a half points per game. It's very good. Kyle Lowry is leading the league in assists, and it kind of ain't that close. He's getting 11 and a half assists. Number two is Chris Paul at 9.3. Lowry's also doing 18 points a game, four and a half rebounds a game. And I'm not even bringing up the better player who's on his team. Maybe one of the MVP candidates in the league this year, Kawhi Leonard. We can, we can hope. We can hope. That's right. we made a bet on that. 8.5 to 1. 26 points per game, three and a half assists, 7.6 rebounds for Kawhi and, you know, killing well, it. Those aren't MVP numbers, but he, has, he does so much on the defensive end that he's still in the conversation. It gets him in the conversation. If, they, if their record is going to be this good, he's going to have a shot at it. Yeah. It's going to need to be... Something like they this, also though. have great young players on the team. That there's like reason for optimism here with the young core of the Raptors, which ma- the majority of them played off of the bench last year, but they had like one of the best benches in the league. Well, they also added Danny Green, who's a nice three and D yeah, guy. He's who's, nice, who's legit. Yeah. Um, 
When you say when you say you think of OG Anubi, of course, and Fred Van Fleet. Yeah, those are the, is that it? And uh, Delon Wright is pretty decent. Is he? I think he is. I mean, when I've seen him, he's been decent. He's, I don't know if he's decent. Okay, fine. Never mind. I mean, really, Delon Wright? I mean, he's been on the team. He he was drafted as a point guard in the 2015. Yeah, pick 20. I'm seeing this right now. This is year four, and Fred, Fred Van Vliet is, is ahead of him. Okay, well, so OG if, and Fred Van Vliet are guys who can start for this team for a long time, you know, eventually. Yeah, I don't know if Fred Van Vliet's going to be a good, a quality starter, but he's going to be like a good starter, right? Yeah. He's going to be like an average point guard or something like that. Yeah. It, it, not much better than that. Probably. OG could be better than that, though. OG could be pretty legit. Yeah. That's really all they have, though. But but it's okay, because right now, this is, and this is why I want to talk about this. Right, you love Valentinus, I know. Um, no one else does. So... They made this deal for Kawhi, and it was sort of like, is this a good move, Toronto? Like, in some ways, it makes sense. The DeRozan thing isn't working out. You're going kind of nowhere as the Celtics and Sixers and Bucks all get better. Like, shaking it up seems to be a good idea, but you're going to trade something of value that you have for a while, which is DeMar DeRozan, for Kawhi Leonard, who at the time, it looked like he was just going to leave after a year, and it was just going to, they're going to have one okay year. Now, though, more and more, it feels like Kawhi might really stay. They're really good right now. Yeah, they, they're the best team in the East so far. You know, I mean, suddenly this this deal's looking kind of amazing. I mean, it for looks Toronto. if Kawhi stays and remains healthy. Yeah. of course they crushed the deal in a right. way that people don't usually crush deals. I actually think even if Kawhi leaves, they did fine in the deal because DeRoz- they just weren't going far enough with DeRozan. You know, I agree. Like it's nice to win fifty some odd games every year, and that's what they would have done. But. Lowry's getting older, DeRozan's getting older, and those guys are at their peaks, basically. Right. Like, DeRozan's not getting any better. No, Kawhi is so much better than DeRozan. So much better but than But the deal DeRozan. actually seems fair based on the situation. Yes. Because DeRozan, has, like, the Spurs are 6-3 and three right now. Mm-hmm. They're actually doing pretty well, and obviously DeRozan's not as good as Kawhi, but you were never going to get fair value for Kawhi after the happenings of last year. No. DeRozan must be peak value for Kawhi as far as like what you could actually get. I think he's fair value, at least, yeah. for, for where Kawhi really was in the situation. I, I agree with you. It's hard to imagine. Get, I mean, he was an all-star who's not too old, right? Like, you wouldn't be able to get an injured Porzingis to build for the no, future, right? Like of you course not. You wouldn't be able to do that. No, you, get, you get the 29-year-old two-guard who doesn't really shoot threes and... You know, he's like the 18th best player in the league or and on a really good day, you 23rd, know, 24th, maybe the 35th, but whatever, you know, he's a nice player who's never going to get any better than this. And it's going to be really hard to win titles, but your team will stay good. And if Pop's going to be leaving soon and he doesn't want to rebuild yet, it makes sense. DeRozan, by the way, is doing so far. He's doing 27 points a game in San Antonio. Oh, maybe you should shut up about that 35th in the league, huh? Yeah, he's shooting 22% from three. That's not a good number. No, that is not good. He's shooting 51.5% though overall, so that's pretty impressive. He, of course, always makes his free throws and does get to the line a fair amount. 6.7 assists per game, 5.6 rebounds a game. DeRozan's having a great year you so wanna far. You want to rethink where you rank him in the NBA a little bit? I may have to. I don't know. I need to do it more than nine or ten games. But uh, 35th doesn't seem reasonable based on those numbers, though. I agree. Let's, if he can keep this up even for 10 more games, I will completely move him up into the 20s. Yeah. Maybe, Absolutely, like early 20s. Maybe 18, 19. Maybe we'll do a show like in a, a month or so where we rank the top 30 players where, you know, based on the season so far. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about the Raptors? Kawhi, the deal, any of that? Um, they're in Canada. Yes. Very good. Where they don't have... Uh, Thanksgiving at the same time. There is Canadian Thanksgiving. It happens in October. Now, what are so they that giving... means that Jimmy Butler was traded before October like 18th or whenever Canadian Thanksgiving was 
in Canada, right? So they have already seen the trick I mean, happen. Can, Canadian Thanksgiving Day is, is called Boxing Day, I believe. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's Boxing Day. All right. And everyone, you know, gets out their boxing gloves and punches. But so can we just call a Canadian and ask where Jimmy Butler ended up? Because they'll know. I'm having a really hard time going along with this one. I don't know. I'm <laughs> fighting it internally you, so hard. You don't like it? I don't know. It's just not working for me. It should. I don't know why. I don't know why this one is the one I picked to not go along with of all the things ever. But I think that was pretty good. For it's some not, reason, it's just not working. I'm not feeling it's it. Like time space. No, I, I mean, I see it. I just can't get in the truck, man. I'm sorry. It's, that's me. That's not you. That's me. That's what you say when you break up with somebody. <laughs> that's how I feel about the show Big Mouth. Tried, tried watching that and I was yeah. like, everybody likes this show. I watched like four episodes really, tr- and I thought it was fine. Yeah. And it was sort of amusing, but what the hell? Yeah, I kind of ended up not liking it. I mean, I never went back to it. That happens so often to me on Netflix. I get like three or four episodes in and I'm like, I like the first one. You know, you know what's the most disappointing thing? Just because this is an NBA podcast, hmm. is when, when there's a show that has an incredible pilot and then it can't follow up the pilot even or even close to it. That happens all the time. Yeah, because you know, sometimes they even have different writers and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking specifically of the show Legends, mm, which was... Legend. Legend. No, Legends. No, Legends. You're yeah, right. the pilot with Sean Bean. That's good. That pilot is that amazing. That pilot was fucking great. I was like, this is one of the best shows on TV. Yeah, I love that pilot. And then everything fell apart. I gave up after, sh- after episode three. And it was like an easy give up, even though the pilot was awesome. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. It's a very bad sign. That happens a lot, though. Yeah. You used to critique me for saying like, oh, I really like the first one. And then I bail after like five shows. And you're like, why do you bail? And I'm like, yeah, the did pilot. I, I don't broke. remember critiquing you for that. Oh, yeah, you did. Nah, you're you wrong. You critique me for everything. So. Only the things that are deserved. The Los Angeles Lakers. Magic Johnson called Luke Walton into his office and dressed him down, Grant. Apparently, what is that? What is the origin of that saying? It sounds sexual. I don't think it's sexual. Grant. What could it be then? <laughs> it's probably like. Did he take his clothes off? Did he? Did Magic Johnson say, "Luke Walton, stand still while I take your clothes off"? Don't you like dress a turkey? You dress a turkey, right? Yeah. So you're dressing down, like you're undressing the. Well, turkey now it's now. even more sexual because you know what turkey <laughs> dressing is. You mm. stick it in the turkey's butt. No, that's stuffing. That's not dressing. It's also called dressing. No. Yep. That's ro- really? Yep. Well, I just learned something today. Yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> that did get a little more sexual. You're right. Maybe it's different. <laughs> Maybe it's like when you dress a salad. You know, you dress a salad by putting dressing on it. How would that be related to what the actual meaning of the I'm phrase gonna is? I'm going to dress it down, yo. I'm going to pull that dressing back out of the salad as best I can. I'm going to dab it with a paper towel and there'll be less ranch on that, on those icebergs. And how is that related to like <laughs> verbally kind of telling somebody they're doing oh, a bad job? I can explain that. Obviously okay. Luke Walton walks in. He's like, I'm ranch dressing, bitch. I'm Fiesta over here. He's loving life. He's feeling good. He's full of full of flavor, you know? And then Magic Johnson comes in and dabs a little bit here and dabs a little bit there. And th- all the flavor is mostly gone, man. It's not so much fun to eat that salad anymore. That salad ain't so great. Dressed him down. You had a problem with my Thanksgiving. Come joke? on. That was pretty good out of nowhere. Okay. That was pretty good out of nowhere, man. You Come have, on. You can't have that joke and have a problem with my Thanksgiving joke. I, I do. <laughs> something wrong with you. Yeah. You're like the second episode of Legends. That's you. You're it's this. the third episode that really, really lost me. So anyway, so Magic dressed down Luke Walton, uh, specifically really critiquing him for the offense and how things were going and uh, didn't apparently threaten to fire him or anything like that, which is good. But still, Magic basically said, like Magic came out and told everyone that he like yelled at Luke a lot and it got out that there was, it was like a really tense meeting. Yeah. So 
The Lakers are, you know, not exactly killing it. They're, well, they're four, four and five and, now. Four and six. Oh. Four and six, and they're getting outscored only by a point a game. So they're basically like a break-even team or so. Lonzo Ball is starting these days. Rondo coming off the bench. Rondo, by the way, playing pretty well, at least statistically. Uh, what should the Lakers do? I think the Lakers are going to be fine. Oh, okay. First of all. Second of all, I think it's a big mistake for Magic Johnson to come out and say that this happened. I think it's probably fine that it happened, although it seems a bit early in the season for him to be doing something like this. I will say if he sees something he thinks is wrong, then, you know, you want to nip it in the bud. Yeah. Uh, he has coached in the league himself. Of course, he was he's an all-star, a Hall of Famer, yeah. of course, uh, point guard. So he may see things that he feels he can add or contribute. I don't know if he's right, but it's reasonable for him to do it. Scotty Pippen was on the jump. Scotty Pippen is good friends with Magic Johnson. Scotty Pippen kind of left the door open for Magic to fire Luke Walton and end up coaching this team by the end of the year. Wow. I'll just say that. He left the door a little more wide open than I would have expected on national TV when he didn't have to. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, well, would you agree that it seems like uh, either a mistake or an error in judgment to allow this to be part of the media circus? I mean... It's, it's really unusual to do yeah. that, right? This stuff always goes on behind closed doors. So why would Magic do it? What, what advantage is there to sort of letting everyone know he's doing it? One, he wants everyone to know he's in charge. I don't know why he needs to do that. If he's in charge, he doesn't need to tell anybody. No. Who cares? Also, we all know he's in charge. Yeah. So I don't know what the value of that is. Maybe because the Lakers are losing and he wants everyone to know that something is, he's doing something so people don't critique him. And then the blame goes more towards Luke versus him. That, that would make sense. Yeah, I guess. That's got to be what it is, right? Can that be good for the team, though? No. Because um, the actual solve is to win games. Yeah. Um, also, just this whole notion is sort of like, I Magic like built this team, which took a lot of criticism for the way he built this team, right? Which was reasonable criticism. Oh, yeah. But like adding JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson and yeah. guys like that. Rondo. Even yeah. Although Rondo's been good. But adding those guys seems questionable, like a million head cases to a team that is not going to win the title and not going to be in the finals for the first time in nine years for LeBron in LA for the first time. Like, it seems like why would, I don't know why he wouldn't just let LeBron go crazy with the kids. Also, that means if you don't win as many games, you'll catch less flack rather than more flack. You know, now people are going to like the chemistry stuff, which there probably is some issues with that because LeBron is going to come in and, you know, enforce his will on the team for sure. I don't know. Like, JaVale McGee may not be so into that. You know, Lance Stevenson may really hate that shit. You know, I don't know how Rondo is even with that. I think they're going to be fine, though, because first of all, LeBron, mm-hmm. he's, he's good. He and I think it's going to just take, take a month or two from now, probably, for them to find their good lineups. Yeah, that's They fair. just haven't figured out their good lineups yet. Totally. Like, how's Josh Hart doing? I feel like he's probably having a decent season. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Well, you don't have to do that. I don't have that right in front of me. I know LeBron's having a really good season. LeBron is doing... Uh, 27, 8, and 7 and a half. Just classic LeBron numbers. Yeah, what he always does. I can actually tell you Josh Hart, too, because I'm cool that way. Josh Hart is in 29 minutes a game, scoring 11 points, shooting 42% from three and taking five threes a game. That's pretty good. That's great. Four rebounds, one and a half assists, two steals. That's it. So pretty good. He's, he's, like shooting, a, he's a great three-point shooter. He's like a good it. piece. Good piece. He's a perfectly fine piece that stretches the floor. That's it. Right. So I feel like they just need to find the Josh Hart type guys to fill in around LeBron instead of putting Rondo and Stevenson and McGee with him. And they'll, they'll eventually figure it out. I mean, I think they're probably going to be fine, too. Um, but fine doesn't have to look like, you know, I don't know what fine looks like. Fine looks like 45 wins or something. I believe something. they will make the playoffs. <laughs> it's going to be tight. 
You don't think they're going to make the playoffs? I mean, here, let, let's pick the team who isn't going to make the playoffs, okay. right? Here we go. Golden State's going to make the playoffs, right? I'm not sure about that one. Denver's 9-1. and one. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They have a good shot. Okay, that's two. Uh, Portland is 7-3. and three. I know you think they're making the playoffs. I think it's likely, but they certainly could fall out of the race. Okay. San Antonio is 6-3. I feel like they're so far the most likely to fall out of the race. You think more so than Portland? Yeah. Really? Why do you, why would you think otherwise? They won like 50 games last year and without Kawhi and DeRozan, they added DeRozan who's playing great. They didn't win 50 games last year. They won well, they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, so they the won Blazers, at least they won Blazers. 49 games, whatever. Mm, they won they won less than that. The, the the Blazers were the third seed. They were like the 7th seed or something or the All right, they won 47 games. Whatever. They won, they won a bunch of games. They added a good piece who's playing really well. Like why wouldn't they make the playoffs this year? I th- you think they're more likely to make it than Portland? I think they're both very likely to make Was it. Was that your view before the season, that they were more likely to make the playoffs in Portland? Yes. Really? Me and I, th- I believe all of the world, except people really? who are big Portland fans, I yeah. believe. I think they had the same over-under. Did they? Yeah, Portland was like 42. Remember, yeah. you were all upset about it. Spurs were higher than that. I don't think they were. Well, let's not get into that right Okay. Um, Golden State, Denver, Portland, San Antonio. Clippers are not going to make it. Sacramento's not going to make it. OKC has won five in a row. They're five and four. That, I believe that they're one, gonna make that it. That one's playoffs. tough to know. I believe they're gonna make it. Um Memphis is five and four. I, I don't, don't think, think they're gonna I think make they're it. not gonna make it. Houston is four and five. They're, they're gonna g- make it. They're gonna make it for sure. Utah's four and six, but they're gonna make it. Yeah. By the way, what the hell, Utah? Utah's four and six. Huh? Yeah, it's super weird. New Orleans is four and six. They're probably gonna make it too. Yeah. Right? So New Orleans, Utah, Houston, OKC, San Antonio, Portland, Denver, Golden State. That's eight teams. One of those teams has to not make it for LA to make it. That's possible for sure. But I don't know that it's a given. I would say LA is more likely to make it than the Spurs. I disagree. At this point, I disagree. I would say LA is more likely to make it than... Ooh, it's tough. OKC? Yeah, I think so. But I think OKC is going to make it. <coughs> it's tough, man. It's a tough conference. It's a super tough conference. That's just, that's just the world. By the way, Dallas is 2-7. and seven. Yeah. Not going to make it, but Dodgers is good. Yeah. That's cool. Minnesota, who made the playoffs last year. Right. Four and seven, but we don't see they're, how they're going. They're a trash fire. They're not, it's not going to work out, right? Yeah. They're going to lose Jimmy Butler. They're not going to get fair value for him. They're going to be bad again. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have to worry about them if you're the Lakers anyway. All right. So there you go. By the way, I didn't even mention the six and four Sacramento Kings or the six and four. I did mention the Clippers. You mentioned the Kings and you dismissed them quickly. Well, of course. I yeah. Did, because come on. You can't take them seriously. No, you can't. Remember, the Magic after 10 games were really good. Watch last the year Kings too. like get the second seed this year now that we say this. I would like to bet against that. I, I think could. I would like to bet against that yeah. as well. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got anything else? One more thing. Yeah. The Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Who you mentioned. As Nine and one. The second seed in the East right now. They just destroyed your boys. <laughs> I mean, they didn't destroy them, but yes. They made them very, feel destroyed. Very close game. Jamal Murray scored 48 points. <laughs> he did. Jokic has been a superstar this year. Yeah. Uh, Millsap's back. Gary Harris is, you know, playing the shooting He's guard. Balling. At a reasonable rate. Yep. This team is good. Yeah. This team is good. Let me tell you, Jamal Murray last night yeah. looked amazing. Like, he was taken in the same draft as Jalen Brown. Now, I know this is pr- the best night Jamal Murray's ever had. Yeah. I know this. But I got to tell you, watching, I was just like, wow, Jamal Murray is clearly better than Jalen Brown. Wow. Now, they, they have different skill sets. Yes. Jalen Brown plays defense. Jamal Murray doesn't. Yeah. You know, um, so, and you can't really see defense. It doesn't show up as well. Scoring a lot of points is very flashy. Blah, blah, blah. Wow, Jamal Murray looked good. I mean, he's never going to look this good again, maybe, but this wow, was, did he look what good. What we said, we were doing our over-unders for the year. I think what we said was the path to the Nuggets over 47 and a half, which was their number, is if Jamal Murray has a big breakout year, yeah. 
which maybe he's going to have. Maybe he is going to have, because that was super impressive. Now, even with that 50-point game, he's only averaging 19 a game through 10. So he really hasn't done anything, really, until that game. But he's only shooting 31.5% from three. That's not very good. So he's really struggled all year until yesterday. So he's basically Derrick Rose? Or two days ago, I should say. He's basically Derrick Rose with upside. Yeah. You know, and better hair. So where would you think the Nuggets are going to fall in the Western Conference? Because you don't believe they're going to finish second, I I do not. I assume you think Houston will finish second still. Yeah, I'll take Houston to finish second. I mean, I think Denver's going to end up around like six, six Six? or seven. Yeah, even though they're nine and one right now. Do you still think they're like relatively interchangeable with all of the teams that they were interchangeable with last year? More or less. Yeah. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs last year. They just no, missed. No, they, the, they were the miss out team. Yeah, they were the odd man out. Um, yeah. I mean, I think them and the Jazz wouldn't be shocking to me if they finished with really similar records. Yeah. You know, and it's like maybe Denver will be the three seed. Maybe they'll be the six seed. It's probably going to be super close, just like last year where there yeah. were four teams with 48 wins. You know? Right. So that'd be my guess. How about you? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, they, they have a nice running start. I mean, they looked pretty good yesterday. I watched the whole game. They did look good. Jazz are four and six. That's weird. I know. It's confusing. The Pelicans are four and six due to injury. That's more obvious. Like Anthony Davis has been hurt, but he's back now. I mean, even so. Julius Randle, by the way, is balling like insanely well. Yeah, he's good. I think he's going to win sixth man of the year. He should. He's I my mean, pick right now. For I watched man of the year. Uh, the Blazers play the Pelicans, and the Blazers did, did end up winning. Anthony Davis was not playing, but Julius Randle didn't start the game. For some reason, Jaleel Okafor did. Yeah, you know, they always bring him off the bench. That's their. That's what they've decided and to do. And the Blazers were just like easy as pie, and then Julius Randle comes in with six minutes left in the first quarter, and he scored 23 points in the first half. Yeah, I mean... Nobody could stop him. He's playing 24 minutes a game. He's playing half the game. He's scoring 18 points a game on 56.5% shooting. You may think, oh, blah, 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 two pointers. No, he shoots threes, too. He's shooting 33% from three-point range, which is good enough. It's not great, obviously. Seven and a half rebounds in that 24 minutes, which is perfectly good. Yeah. Uh, two assists. Okay. One steal, one block, not a little less than those things, but overall, like legit, he's like, a, wow, Julius Randall. Yeah. He's good. Who are you? And where did you come from? Where have you been all my life? Nine million bucks a year. I know next year too. It's pretty good. But Anthony Davis did come out and say he has to play perfectly for them to win. And he did not say it like he's so happy about it, you know? Yeah. So maybe finally he will demand a trade maybe. and then suddenly, Suddenly, the Pelicans are not making the playoffs. Suddenly, the Sixers and the Celtics and a few other teams that have the resources are going to be making some phone calls. Yeah. The Clippers don't have the resources, do they? No. They don't have it. They absolutely don't. Not many teams do. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to have that, that level of resources for Anthony Davis, where you also don't have nothing but the Pelicans back. You know what I mean? You need to have a still a good team. Maybe the Mavericks? Could they trade like Dennis Smith, Luka Doncic, and future first-rounders? Um, I don't know that Davis would want to do that because then it's just him. Yeah. And that's sort of the thing he doesn't want. Right. right? He wants to win. So, like, you have to go to a team that's so rich in assets that, you know. He's not a very good fit on the Sixers because of Embiid. I mean, he can play outside, though. They can both shoot threes. He's best as a five, though. Yes, he is absolutely best as a five. You're right. And then he reduces Al Horford's minutes if he goes to the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics would be, no, you just play Al Horford at the four and don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics would be thrilled. Yeah. Obviously. He'd be the best player on the team, obviously. I mean, he's the best player on any of these teams, right? Right. So, but I think, I think the Celtics would immediately accommodate whatever they would need, you know, for him in any position he wanted to play, of course. Um, the Sixers is a weird one, actually. I'm not actually sure the Sixers really do have the assets anymore either because what are they trading? Markel Fultz isn't worth anything. Nope. 
They're not giving up Ben Simmons. I mean, maybe no. they maybe they're trading Joel Embiid and something else. Maybe you just do that. Is that is Embiid really worth that much less than Anthony Davis that you have to give something else to if Anthony Davis wants out? Maybe not. Maybe it's just straight up one to one. Wow, that would be a crazy, yeah, crazy deal. It would. Um, okay, I mean the Sixers do that in a heartbeat, and if Anthony Davis is demanding to leave, it's not so bad if you're the Pelicans either. That's a really that's a top ten player potentially. I mean Embiid has been really good this year. Yeah. He's not Anthony Davis, but he's really good. He's like a tier below. I think his he could be as, as good as Anthony Davis. I mean, he could be as good as Anthony Davis is right now. He can't be as good as, as Anthony Davis can be. I think Anthony Davis has the ceiling that like almost no one has. I think league. Embiid has that ceiling. Really? Yeah. I disagree, man. Embiid is too slow. Like Anthony Davis has it all. Like it's so hard to have the speed and and the athleticism and the touch and all the stuff and be that tall and you know and have the basketball IQ. And the defense, Embiid's got a lot of that stuff. He does. But he's lumbering. A little lumbery. And he's, he's an easier cover by far right now. No, he's younger too. But he's an easier cover, significantly easier cover than, than Anthony Davis. I don't know. I think it's closer than you think. Really? Yeah. Man, that seems, that seems just wrong to me. How dare you say that? You can't say that. Don't say that. Don't I mean, ever say that. Neither of them are DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard. but Well, yeah. I'll give you that. I mean, Embiid's great. Everyone would be happy to have Embiid on their team. Like, yeah. pretty much everyone, except the Pelicans, maybe. Unless Andre Drummond was on the team, he wouldn't be happy to have Embiid on the team with him, probably. Maybe, he'd be, maybe he would, because then Embiid wouldn't be calling him out publicly every day. <laughs> you know? For those who don't know, Embiid, for some reason, Embiid has a thing with Andre Drummond where he just fucking hates that guy. Yeah. And every game, he owns Andre Drummond. He just owns him on the court. And then afterwards, he says stuff like, I own a lot of real estate in Andre Drummond's head. Yeah. And then he, he posts says. pictures of himself moving concrete, and he says, <laughs> going to build some more houses in Andre Drummond's head. Oh, man, like, Andre Drummond must hate that so much. <laughs> Especially because there's nothing he can do about it. Like, no. Embiid is actually owning him in the games. Oh, yeah, he's killing him. He's killing him. And in the, in the first game they played each other this year, I watched that game, which was a great close game. It was the 50-point Blake Griffin game. But Embiid got Andre Drummond ejected in Detroit by flopping, like, yes. really good acting, where I understand why the refs thought Andre Drummond pushed him over, but he didn't. And Drummond just looked so dejected because it was a second technical, and, and, Embiid, and then Embiid, like, starts taunting the crowd. Like, yeah, I fucking got him. <laughs> it's, it's pretty... Andre, Andre Drummond, by the way, having a career season for him. Unless, eight, except when he plays Joel Embiid. Yeah, 18.5 points, 16.5 rebounds. By the way, Joel Embiid also having an awesome year. 28.5 points, 12.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Yeah, are you sure that guy is that much worse than Anthony Davis? Look at those numbers. Those numbers are very impressive. How many blocks, by the way? He's probably got a decent amount of those. Um, You know, I'm going to find out because I care about things and people. I care about people more than things, really. Cool. You know? That's pretty neat. I'm struggling to find out. But but at some point in my life, I'll I'll know. And then I probably won't share it, but I'll know. He's getting 2.2 blocks a game. That's good. It ain't, it ain't Anthony Davis, but it's really good. I mean, those are Anthony Davis numbers for sure. You're an Anthony Davis do you, number. Do you think Anthony Davis' numbers are better than that? I mean, he's getting 3.1 blocks a game, so he's getting a block what, more a game. What are I the other that. things? Uh, 11.5 rebounds, so one less rebound. 23.5 points, but he has been hurt. So last season, he averaged 28 points. The year before, he averaged 28 points. I expect him to average 28 points again. Um, shoots, Anthony Davis shoots a little better from three, but not a lot better. So he's basically averaging the same. The difference is that the... The ball goes through Anthony Davis in a way it doesn't Joel Embiid. Joel oh, yeah, Embiid does he is average reliant. more than three and a half assists? What? Does Anthony Davis average more than three and a half assists? Uh, he does. He averages 4.3 assists, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so you're going to act like that's nothing now? Point, Even though you were going to make a big point. If I don't you, care. If you average, average 3.2, you're going to make a big thing. Yeah. But now that it's an assist more, you're acting like it's point totally eight. Point no eight. big deal. Point um, eight. 
Anthony Davis has to create for himself much, much more so than Joel. What are you talking about? He's got Drew Holiday. That guy's the truth. He's good. He's good. But Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons opens up the whole world for, for Joel Embiid. Come on. Don't disrespect my Drew. I'm disrespecting him. Just the tiniest bit of disrespect. And you know, Joel Embiid's going to listen to this podcast. He is a listener and he's going to, he's going to open up some fucking apartments in your head and tell you what. No, no, no. First of all, first of all, I live in Joel Embiid's head. And there's nothing you can do about it. Once he starts, once he gets in there, it's over. (laughs) Second of all, he's going to create an aqueduct Joel system. Joel Embiid knows I'm right. So that's the end of that story, okay? Why does he think he picked, why do you think he calls out Anthony, uh, Andre Drummond and not Anthony Davis? Because he, he plays Anthony Davis twice a year. Yeah, and he knows Anthony Davis is much better than him, and so does everyone else. Come on. I would guess that if you asked Joel Embiid, he would say, I am the best center in the league. I would guess if you put him, if you shot him full of sodium p- pentothal. P- yes, thank you. Is it sodium pentothal? Yeah. Okay, if you, if you shot him full of that and you said, who's the best center in the league, he'd probably say, he still thinks it's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what, that's what all these athletes think, right? Well, no. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that Robin Lopez wouldn't say I'm the best center in the league. But I bet you he would severely overrate yeah, himself he might say in I'm the like rankings. Yeah, like the fifth best. Yeah, like even the ninth best, whatever, instead of like the 22nd best or whatever he yeah. actually is. Hey, speaking of uh, overrating yourself, not exactly, but so in the Nuggets game, an interesting thing happened where Jamal Murray had 48 points and played awesome to get those 48 points. And the Nuggets were going to win. They were up by like nine with, you know, a minute to go or something like that. And he started just firing away. They left him in the game and he started firing away every time he touched the ball to try and get to 50. Mm -hmm. And they were shots that were clearly not part of the offense and were ridiculous shots in a lot of ways, right? And the crowd was super into it and wanted him to get 50. I was listening to, I was watching, sorry, the the Nuggets team do the commentary. You know, I was watching the Nuggets feed. Yeah. And they wanted him to get 50. Kyrie Irving, after the game, uh, by the way, uh, Murray went 0 for 4 and missed everything, bricked a bunch of long threes and stuff, and didn't do it. Kyrie Irving kicked the ball into the stands out of frustration. He really didn't like that that was happening. So Kyrie's a little baby. He absolutely is. But that's how we're, t- we're not fixing Kyrie right now. We're fixing something else. This is part of a larger trend that we're seeing in sports. We've seen for a while in sports, which is when players get close to statistical milestones they go out of the way. Sometimes not just them. Sometimes the coach does it. Sometimes the opposing team helps even, but they go out of their way to let somebody get a record that is not necessarily earned in the same way. A classic example is of course, uh, Michael Strahan, when he was one is when he was a half a sack away from the record, him and Brett Favre got together and Brett Favre let Michael Strahan sack him to get the sack record in the NFL. But things like this happen all the time. Ricky Davis, of course, famously went for a triple double where he missed on purpose to get the rebound. So he'd get his 10th rebound. That was, that was the best. Um, he missed on his own basket. Yes, that's right. Because he couldn't get down in time the other way. But we see this kind of thing all the time. Russell Westbrook's been stat hunting forever. Harden and Westbrook both do. Um, Russell Westbrook, though, especially in terms of triple doubles, right? Harden I mean, absolutely does the same thing that Russell Westbrook does. Okay. So this happens in, throughout different sports for sure. I don't like it. I think it's problematic. And I don't like have a problem with the players. Well, I do have a problem with the players doing it. I'm not angry about it or anything like that. I just feel like it's not pure. And anytime you get a, anytime you, you set a record for something that the defense isn't really trying to stop you or you're doing things you wouldn't normally do just for the record, I don't know. To me, it loses some of its specialness. The fact, like Jamal Murray scoring 50 when he's taking a million threes at the end where no one's covering him and he's taking 35 foot threes, no, as soon as he touches the ball is not as special to me than if he actually scored 50 in the game when it's just the game and the Celtics are actually trying to defend him in the same way. And to me, that's, that's the special thing. He or scored like, 48, by the way, that's special anyway. Like Kobe scoring 60 in his last game 
where like he took like a billion shots and they just let him. Yeah. So suddenly these feats are largely unearned instead of special or not as special anyway. The shine is off it a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I feel I felt that way about triple doubles for a while, actually, mm. that the shine is off of it. Like because of the stat hunting that goes on, like free throw rebounds is like the worst where yeah. Harden and Westbrook get the free throw rebounds every time because right. they're hunting the rebounds. So what we need to do is fix this problem. So fix this problem in sports, Grant. Okay, I have a fix that is too radical to ever happen, but is a fix. Okay. And then I have a fix that is way more radical than that and uh, definitely illegal. Fantastic. So, first fix is offer coaches the ability to give in-game financial incentives to players. Like, So when Jamal Murray has 48 points and the coach knows he wants to get 50 really bad, he'd be like, okay, you have a $30,000 incentive to get three assists before the end of the game. You get three three assists before the end of the game. You get thirty thousand dollars, and that'll get Jamal Murray to you know maybe value that thirty thousand dollars over over the fifty points. Maybe. I mean, then he's going to be doing weird stat hunting over assists. Right? Yeah. So that, that seems like it doesn't really. It just stops him from shooting. It right. Doesn't really stop. That, that, the, yeah, it's not a super. Still ruins. It's the, not a super good fix. The pureness of the game. Yeah. Okay. So I have a better way. <laughs> okay. Great. The the underlying problem here is not necessarily the players and them seeking the stats. It is the cultural obsession with stats. Fair enough. And that's how we judge players, right? You yeah. know, for the most part, the majority of fans don't do deep dives into the analytical metadata stats, which aren't able to be hunted for, right? Like the mm-hmm. true shooting percentage and stuff like that. You can't you can't hunt for true shooting percentage. You can't. Well, I guess maybe you can. You absolutely can, but yeah. it's but you have to look for it. You have it, to know where to look. It's a lot harder than hunting for 50 points. Yeah, I mean, you go to basketballreference.com or something, yeah. Well, you know what I mean, as a player. Oh, as a player, hunt. Yeah, I mean, that's just shooting efficiently, but yeah, sure. Right, but yeah. I mean, you could try to, like, not shoot bad shots, which is, I In guess, theory. help the team. So that's yeah, good. that's good. Um, but, like, you can't hunt for real plus minus as a player, you know? like Sure. But... Those, those aren't the stats that the majority of the basketball or football or whoever watching world is paying attention to. Like they're impressed by the triple doubles. We're impressed by the 50 point games. Mm. So the problem is the human obsession with these statistics and, and using them to judge players. So I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to employ some people who I don't know what their specialty would necessarily be, but during nationally televised NBA games, the NBA should run like a 15 second spot that just like, puts colors on the screen or whatever is needed to affect the brains of humans so that they can no longer understand numbers forever, forever. No more numbers. We just don't get it. And so then the numbers don't matter. <laughs> they just go play basketball, but no one will know who wins and loses. Um, well, the, the scorekeepers will. Oh, they're, cause they're not going to watch the television. No, they're going to. Yeah. The, so, so the, so the viewing public is going to lose the ability to like pay for things yeah, and, yeah. Know it, what it, how much money they're making or what they can do in life or anything like that. Yeah. But anyone who isn't watching the, the broadcast is fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's perfect. I'm trying to think what other things happen if you if you don't have numbers well. There's a lot of problems, actually, if you, yeah. if you lose the ability to understand numbers. Like someone says, like, you know, it's the second house on the right. And you're like, well, I know what right is. <laughs> I mean, it's not so bad, right? Like, do you actually understand the concept of zero currently? Probably not. I mean, so, I, I think I do. Oh, really? Explain it. It's nothing. Oh, really? Explain nothing. What do you mean? Explain nothing. Exactly. It's the absence of the absence of things. It's zero. It's a space. It's nothing. Come on. But zero isn't nothing. It's a circle. <laughs> I think you've already had this screen flash in front of you. The colors and things. It's possible. <laughs> Eleven is a tough one for me these days. Eleven. Eleven. Eleven always goes first. What does that mean? Like I get ten. 
Yeah. 12 is fine. Why does 11 go first? Don't, don't ask me. <laughs> what does just, that mean it goes first? Like once you watch the ad. That's the oh, first. you lose 11. Yeah, that's the first one to go. You don't understand it. No. It's, it's one more than 10. So when I'm watching football, I'm like, how many players do they have on the field? 12? 10? 12? Something like that. 13? It's confusing. 10? I, I don't know. If only there was some sort of way to represent the number of players that are on the field. <laughs> That'd be yeah. really useful. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, my fixes aren't very good for this one. Do no, that's okay. Do you have any ideas? Oh, um, well, we could just not track stats. The only stats we could track are Somebody the score. would track stats, though. Yeah, but if the players don't have access to it in real time, it's going to be much harder for them. to. They're not going to know how many rebounds they had. They're not going to know. You know what I mean? They, they have to keep track of all that in their head, which some of them will do anyway, for I'm sure. guessing Russell Westbrook does that. Um, but, if, but if it isn't like a national thing or an international thing where the stats are mostly tracked... You know, then it's not as big a deal. I right? mean, there's too much user ability to track stats. Then, like some, like there will be groups of people who track I stats. Mean, you're, you come up with an idea, which is during a commercial yeah. or something, there'll be lights on the screen that makes everyone forget how numbers work. But my idea is completely not going to work because of computers. Apparently, that's correct. what are you talking? What like why does my why does the world I live in and have to come up with solutions and have so many more like grounded in the real world than yours? That well, it doesn't seem fair. Yours was yours didn't cause harm to enough people. Are you kidding? Think about all the statisticians, numbers guys, probability guys, math guys, analytics guys who are going to be out of work. Think about it. Okay, well, how about a more realistic be a, few, a few a more realistic fix um, is embedded with it. Not realistic, but something that would be kind of cool if it actually happened, mm-hmm. but is not going to happen is embedded within my joke fix from before of the uh, somehow making it so the advanced statistics are more important by public perception than the standard points, mm-hmm. rebounds, assists type thing. Yeah. Like being like, oh, sweet. This guy should win MVP because his true shooting percentage is this and his, his real plus minus is this, you know, and like his rebound rate is this instead, yeah. of, instead of like he has this many rebounds per game. And like, is there a way to make the public care more about those stats than the traditional stats? I mean, there probably is. Put some like chocolate ice cream around them or something. There's like, like they've been trying to do that forever in all the sports. Really, Maybe, you know? I mean, the thing is, the adoption is so difficult. Make make it so like fantasy sports are based on advanced stats instead of traditional stats. Oh, I mean, everyone's gonna hate that. Yeah, right? like you want it to be easy to count what, right. what's going on. Um, I mean, in baseball, they've been fighting this war for thirty years. Yeah, and they're they're moving along like now on base percentage and slugging percentage is like a common part of the lexicon, you know, um, which it didn't OPS. It's like normal yeah. stuff in baseball. Now people understand that walks are a big deal. They didn't used to get any of that, mm-hmm. but they're still miles away from like, I mean, not everyone, but like most of the public is miles away from understanding like what are useful stats in baseball. Even those things I just mentioned aren't that great. Yeah. They're just better. You know, there's way better stats than that. And that's true certainly for basketball too, but the public is, I mean, the, the truth is rebounds per game is sort of useful. It's not as useful as rebounds per 100, and it's not as useful as um, rebound rate per 100, um, rebound percentage, excuse me, per yeah. 100, right? That's the real, or yeah. just rebound percentage. That's the real interesting yeah. number. So we're eventually going to, I think, work our way to where that becomes more and more ubiquitous, but we're, we're years and years and years away from that. And maybe we could have someone hypnotize the whole world. Maybe that's the way to do it. Yeah. How about some hypnotists? Can David Copperfield hypnotize people? I don't know. He can do so many cool things. He's the Copperfield. He made the Statue of Liberty disappear, bro. I saw it. Okay. Well, how about some alternative rules for the game? Okay. Where stats... It also it just completely changes roster construction and everything. But you know what? We're spitballing. It's the end of the podcast. Have yeah. a little fun. 
So there are some rule changes that have been proposed in the NBA that I really like the idea of, like pretty radical ones, such as the three-point line going just going in a straight line as it would, being the same distance at all places, so there is no corner three. Yes. The uh, four minutes at the end of the game thing, have we talked about this on the podcast before? Yes. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. So you're just coming right now with rules you want to change in basketball that have yeah. nothing to do with what we're yeah, talking about? Yeah, but the third one is going to be radical okay. beyond these, but I, these okay. are things I want to happen, too. Okay. I just want to bring them up because they're fun. Okay. I'll explain the four minutes at the end of the game thing. Uh, so basketball games, instead of being 48 minutes, would be 44 minutes. And at the 44-minute mark, the way to win the game is then to score 10 more points than the current leading team. So there's not a time crunch anymore except for the shot clock, right? So like if, if, it's, if it's 80 to 40, which would be a very low score, but if that for some reason is the score at the point, whoever gets the 91st wins. So yep. the team with 40 still has a chance. It's a very low chance. But it removes all of the dumb end game stuff where there's a billion commercials because of all the timeouts and fouling and stuff. Yeah, I love that. I, I think mean, that's great. something. I think eventually that will happen, but I think we're a ways off from it. I yeah, like I maybe ten years. Yeah, but I think I think the NBA is going to start to experiment with that more and more because it's so much better. It's really cool. It's yeah. a really cool idea. Um, so my idea, which is way beyond that and is way worse and is never going to happen, but to remove statistical hunting is to have a cap on stats for how many for a player playing in a game. Like, you get to 35 points, you're out. You're ejected. You're not allowed to play anymore? Yeah. So excelling is, uh, yeah. is punished? 35 points, 18 <laughs> rebounds, 12 assists. Uh, Any of those things get reached, you're out. See, now we're talking. Yeah. <clears throat> That's going to be great, too, because fans are going to be super excited, where they're going to be like, yes, yeah, Steph Curry just scored 35 points in the first quarter. Now we don't get to watch him play anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, wouldn't that be kind of interesting? You'd have to completely change your strategies, obviously. Like, you just don't yeah. play Steph Curry in the first half, maybe. No, you probably play him some, but if he gets, yeah. if he gets too hot, you got to sit him down. <laughs> yeah. That is some weird, wacky stuff. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to fly with the fans. I no, I don't you. think so either. Or the NBA in general. No, because really. they want their stars playing, obviously. Yeah, they do. They want their stars excelling, you know. Um, but interesting ideas all it the time. It creates a new statistical goal, actually. Like, yeah. the ultimate statistical goal is to get, like, 17 rebounds and 11 assists while you have 33 points and then finish out one of the categories to have like the maximum possible. I mean, you have 34 points and you get the ball and like there's eight minutes to go in the game and you're like the greatest clutch shooter, you're Steph Curry or something like that. You, you, gotta, you, you gotta have pass. a layup, you can't take it. No. But also everyone knows this, so then no one covers you. It cha- I mean, this, it gets, it really messes up the game. Much worse than like oh, Jamal Murray just it's a horrible idea. firing away from three with the, the minute to go. It's an atrocious idea. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. So that's that. All right. Good. Okay. So we got to do our best bets. I know. I was really hoping you were going to forget. You don't want to. I mean, all we do is lose. In the NBA, we do a lot of losing. It's been really, really rough. Super rough. And I'm not happy about it. But yes, I have a best bet. Okay. My best bet is the Indiana Pacers are hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Pacers are two and a half point favorites. And you like? I like the Indiana Pacers. You think they're a lot better than the Sixers? I don't necessarily think they're a lot better than the Sixers. I think the Sixers have not figured out who they are and how they're doing things. And Brett Brown is openly experimenting with Markel Fultz right now. And that when Markel Fultz plays, when Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons play together, it is awful. Like, they are bad. And when only one of them plays, they are better. When Simmons plays, they're very good. When Fultz plays, they're... Fultz plays better anyway. I don't know if they play better, but Fultz plays better. I feel like the Pacers are going to be trying the entire 48 minutes to win the game, and the Sixers aren't. That's pretty good. The Pacers also are a good team, and they're at home. Yeah. So 
to me, that this feels like if the Sixers were trying the whole time, if they were starting J.J. Redick and letting Fultz just play like 10 minutes a game as the backup point guard or something like that, that would feel really different. But they're going to play Fultz like 25 minutes. That's like 15 minutes of just a guy sucking. And they're going to be able to play defense where they just ignore him. That's what they do right now. They, I, I read in the ringer where they said the Clippers, the Clippers acted as though Fultz had the flu on the court you know? <laughs> and, and like watching it really it's amazing to watch they just don't even they just don't even look at him you know when he's in the corner or anywhere they're just like whatever and they just cover the other dudes so yeah, it's so much harder bit of a liability yeah that's a reasonable one so that's mine what do you got i have a money line bet okay i know you love those i'm open to it okay so the bulls are traveling to new orleans to play the pelicans yeah they're plus 442 okay and anthony davis is coming off an injury yeah pelicans are four and six Zach Levine has been balling his ass off, actually. He has. Uh, Wendell Carter is starting to round into form and That's playing well. Too. Yeah. Like, I think the Bulls have a reasonable shot to win this game. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, Anthony Davis, he's coming off an injury. Did, he played... Uh, he pl- Yesterday, they had a game, or two days ago, they had a game. Let me see how he did in that game. He played 37 minutes. He scored 20 points, eight rebounds, five turnovers, shot seven for 20. He's... Doesn't seem like he was no, back he, for that. It's game. actually a problem, and it's an elbow injury. And uh, in the game that he set out uh, against the Blazers, they were talking about the elbow injury, and he had said, and athletes tend to try to play their injuries down, but he yeah. had said to the reporter that his pain in his elbow was like a six out of ten. Huh. And I imagine there's some lingering stuff there for sure, especially yeah. considering that stat line. That's pretty interesting. And what? How are the Bulls doing this season? Um, they're bad, but like they they've been close in some games. Chicago is three and eight. Yeah. Yeesh. They're not great. Yeesh. But Levine's been playing well. And as I said, Carter's been playing better. Right. I mean, the problem is Levine's been playing well and they're three and eight. Yep. That's the problem. Like, (laughs) we just need them to win, you know, one out of four and a half times. You know, I think they can pull it off. Yeah. I mean, I'm not excited about either one of these bets. Neither am I, but we got to make one of them. (laughs) It's the law of the land. You pick. I can't pick. Let's bet on the Bulls, man. Chicago for life. All right, whatever. Chicago plus 442 at the Pelicans. Okay. Whoop, whoop. We're done, right? Yeah, we're done. Okay. Okay.